then in my childhood in the dawn of a most stormy life was drawn from every depth of good and ill the mystery which binds me still good evening po fans the potastic two carmen and Jeannie are back with episode two which is all about Edgar Allan Poe, the man, the myth, and the, the legend, legend, and the mystery. Let's add that to yeah, his life. Definitely a mystery. So we're going to start out just kind of talking a little bit about Edgar Allan Poe. Many of you probably know who he is, what he's done, what he's written. Um, we may not add terribly new information for some of you, but some of you may learn something, and we're also going to talk about who influenced him as well. And some of you may be shocked about some of the influences that he had, had nothing to do with any of the writers, the poets, the the men of that time. It's mostly about the history and what was going on in the time and the trends that was happening and the people in his life that had nothing to do with writing or anything like that. So Edgar Allan Poe is simply a man, like many of us have learned about over the years. But many of us only learned about him because of his works of art. We never really paid much attention to how well Edgar Allan Poe was either psychologically, mentally, you know, sometimes even some people thought his writing was crap. Well, or satirically. He loved satire and loved to be humorous as well, and I think a lot of people don't know that. Yeah, and not a lot of people actually would probably get his satire and his humor, because especially during those days when it was very dark and bleak in some of the history, yes, it was not really uh, brought about as being funny. <laughs> very, very true. Uh, the, the humor is extremely dark and... But we love sarcasm, and so that may be one reason why both of us like his work so much as well, too. Very much so. He fits very well into my dark humor. Yes. I think, I think maybe he influenced my dark humor. You never know. That is very true. And But sometimes the children don't get the dark humor. No. They, it's just right over their heads. Woo! But that's okay. They learn. Yeah. And when they get old like us, they'll figure it out on their own. <laughs> they will. They totally Great. will. Well, some of some of the the people that did influence him are actual writers themselves. Lord Byron, uh, many of his love poems and such, his writing style um, has some some notes that kind of allude to Byron's writing and things like that. Um, another writer that influenced him was also John Keats. And also Percy B. Shelley. And when you think about Percy B. Shelley and who he was related to, Mary Shelley, it's a nice just tie-in to that horror because she wrote the story of Frankenstein. Yes, the Prometheus Man. Yes. I love the original title. I wish they had kept it. I, I like that too. Because it had such a tie-in with mythology from the early days yes. of Prometheus and all that. But Frankenstein, he works very much so too. Oh, yes. And I just have to say Frankenstein yes. because of, Frankenstein. of um, you know, the Gene Wilder movie. Well, of course. Of yes, course. Young I mean, Frankenstein. Young but anyway, Frankenstein. Yeah. Back to Poe. 
Yes. Um, but yes, so those uh, were very much early influences on Edgar Allan Poe and his writing style, especially in uh, with his poetry, more so than any of his other works. And many of them were actually in their own little grouping. Yes. They had their own little writing group, and they had their own little ideas, like... Percy Shelley was married to Mary Shelley, and she actually had to publish her work. They were making her publish her work under a male's name. Yes. But then she made a big stink about it, and she said, no, it's going to be my name and my name only. So she was the first big one that pushed that for a horror. And it was a challenge from the others that Absolutely. made her do it. So like Edgar Allan Poe, she was making her own road in life because nobody thought she could do it. Absolutely. And some other people that influenced him, Charles Dickens is another one we're going to bring up, but not necessarily that he was an influencer of Edgar Allan Poe, but I'm going to let Jeannie talk about this one because we we were just having a discussion about this, and she had some really good points. Yes, and see, Charles Dickens, not Darwin. Yes. There's too many Charles's in that history. <laughs> yes. Charles Dickens was only three years younger than Edgar Allan Poe, but he was in a different part of the world. He was in the land of London area, and he was writing at the same time. Govna. Govna, yes. Oliver Twist and all that wonderful things. Yes. But they were writing, and they had some of the same things happening at the same times, using some of the historical aspects to influence the writing. And along the way, they caught each other's writings, and all of a sudden, they found that there were some similarities, like a symbiotic relationship going on based on the trends of the time that was influencing their work. And then Poe saw some of the same things in his work that, you know, Dickens was seeing in his work. And all of a sudden, they became like the Prince and the Pauper. Absolutely. Because Edgar Allan Poe being over in the New America was living the life of a pauper at one point after he got kicked out. He could totally be a character in one of Dickens' novels. Exactly. So in itself, there he was influencing Charles Dickens, but at the same time, Dickens was influencing Edgar Allan Poe because he was like seeing another world through Dickens' eyes that he could have had, but didn't. To the point of... Dickens' raven named Grip, mm-hmm. um, where some of that influence rubbed off on Poe. Mm-hmm. Thus, we have the poem The Raven. Nevermore. Exactly. Never more poet than you could have than Edgar Allan Poe and Charles Dickens. And he is stuffed in a library, a museum, excuse me, in Philadelphia. I've uh-huh. been to it. I've seen it up close and personal. It's very awesome. It's something you need to see if you have not gone there. Yes, it's amazing the things you can learn just by seeing it in person rather than reading about it or being taught in the classroom. Yes. Sometimes you have to have that on-hand experience to really get the grasp of the situation. And uh, adding to this, I am, I've ordered a book that's actually coming out the middle of October and it's actually about the relationship between Poe and Dickens and so I'm anxious to get that so we can probably add more of that later oh yeah right around the time of Halloween and Christmas which is 
I hate to say it. I've always been a proponent. Everybody wants to say Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol is a Christmas story. But technically, it's just the setting. It is not a Christmas story. It's a ghost story, people. It is. Yes. So I had to get on that rant. It just always bugs me, especially when I have to explain it to the kids. No, it's just the setting. It's not a ghost. It's not a Christmas story. It's a ghost story. Yes. And what an awesome ghost story it is. Exactly. I mean, he and Poe, they had that down. The macabre, Mm -hmm. the the wonderful world of what is really out there on that other plane of existence that we may not know. Exactly. Uh, Something else uh, that um, I'm reading the book right now, The Reason for the Darkness of the Night, Edgar Allan Poe and the Forging of American Science. The author's name is John Tresh. I just began this book uh, earlier this week. Very much loving this book. It's got some really... um, good points in it but it also it doesn't just talk about Poe and his link to science it also incorporates all of the history that's going Mm -hmm. around him at the time of when he is growing up and becoming you know into manhood and things like that I haven't gotten that far yet and one of the things that Tresh brings up is that during Poe's time living with the Allens that was an area where slavery was taking oh, yeah. place. Uh, it's part. It, it's part of that history. And one of the things that he brings up is one of the, that Edgar probably was sitting around in the kitchen and mm-hmm. things like that. And some of the slaves probably told stories from their African lore that was passed down from generation to generation, and talking about you know soul possession and witchcraft bringing people back from the dead um spirits that aren't so nice to people Mm -hmm. many of the influences that they they had coming across with the middle passage during the slave trade stopping off in the islands all the different uh hoodoo and voodoo religions that were popping Mm -hmm. up uh the tales of zombies bringing people back from the dead has a major influence of macabre during that time and that's one of the ways that they would tell their stories having it passed down as an oral tradition because like many of us know that education was not offered to the slaves they weren't able to read or write because that was a no-no in those days but Edgar Allan Poe being one of those that was living in a time that was very much prominent in Virginia uh, he would have to be able to hear those tales and be able to be around those things. So like most children in that age group, they love to absorb things that are around them, especially if they're stories that aren't normal. Exactly. Yes. That yes. Are, and those would not there. be normal stories for young children. No, because it was a story. It was actually a folklore and tradition mm-hmm. coming from another land that he had never stepped onto, never knew anything about. So, like many of us, we love to hear from other people from other places, and we learn from them. Absolutely. And also, you know, if you think about all of the things that he wrote about, many of the stories take place in exotic places. Mm-hmm. 
and the elements of all of the macabre and the horror and things like that, even though that was not the, the biggest part of his writing, it's what he's probably most known for. But all of those elements of being buried alive and things like that, you know, you do wonder, did some of this start at a very young age with him listening to these stories? And it could also be a big influence from the death that he had experienced in his own life. Yes. With his parents. I mean, his mother dying at three years old, his father disappearing and possibly dying not far after. His mother is why he never ended up with his father again. Ended up being with the foster family of the Allens all that time and then all of a sudden losing Francis. The foster mother that he came to care about very much. Yeah, he loved her dearly. And then all this death that's tying into that, plus hearing all these stories. I mean, imagination itself makes wonderful stories run through your head, but you add in a little bit of truth or a little bit of legend, a little bit of myth that you hear along the way, and suddenly you have created a whole new world of your own. I, I agree. And he, he really experienced a lot of death at a very young age, which, you, you know, thinking about that, on someone that young he may have not remembered his mother very much but he met you know just all of that that's a huge influence on him and really and truly you know his older brother Henry and his sister Rosalie who was younger they were they were adopted out to other families as well two different families they were all three separated and that's that's loss I mean Mm -hmm. he did keep in touch with them you know on a on somewhat of a basis as he could but it wasn't like they were living in the house as a whole family together no because you lose part of that when you are separated especially at such a young age and you may know that they're there and they exist but you've truly lost that bond if you can't experience the same things they do you can't go through the same things you know how did the older brother feel and the younger sister who was even younger than he was that never possibly even remembered remotely having a parent. Absolutely, yes. Uh, until she got adopted or fostered out. And so those influences themselves have a great impact. I mean, their detachment, there is a missing link. And that itself was him suffering a loss. Exactly. And what, kind of talking about kind of loss with Edgar Allan Poe, he... His whole life had losses of all kinds, not just people, but also just not, you know, being able to make it on his writing, which he he was one of the first authors to try to do that. Mm -hmm. And he just he struggled with all of that and enough income to support himself and his wife once he was married to Virginia. It all of that ties in, and one of the things that uh, Poe did after he was out of the army was he kind of went out on his own because he was kind of just tired of everything. And one of the things that uh, in this book that I'm reading, um, he talks, the author talks about that Poe's mother left him a watercolor painting. And it had just a little note to him on the back. And it basically said Boston had always been kind to her. And so he kind of took it upon himself to try out Boston. And as we know, 
he found that Boston was not kind to him once he tried it out. No, many things that Edgar usually tried was not kind to him. No. In any way, shape, or form. No. Uh, And he... In my in my opinion, he was the original tortured artist. Yes. I mean, he took what he wanted to say, he put it on paper, and he tried to put it out to the masses, but it was always either a love or hate relationship. Yeah, absolutely, And most yes. of the time, it was mostly hate, mm-hmm. and people would either call it drivel or redundant or anything like that. Or even like almost an immature. Yes. Mm-hmm. And but like many others, he hadn't actually got into his writing yet. He needed more life. You know, he needed more life experiences other than just the macabre, the death, the the heartache, the tragedy. Uh, he needed more influences to push him to where he needed to go. So I think with the army, like we said. He actually joined the Army for two years mm-hmm. after he did not get a degree at the University of Virginia. Right. Like many of us, college mm-hmm. is not the way to go. <laughs> and and he learned a lot while he was at the University of Virginia and, um, you know, learned French, um, studied mm-hmm. math and literature, loved his literature. Oh, yes. Um, but Alan really put that part of him down. And, uh, you know, Jenny and I were talking about this earlier you know, when you think about it, <clears throat> his parent, his birth parents were both actors. Mm-hmm. So even though he really didn't get to know them as a young adolescent and, you know, even as an adult, that artist gene is in his blood. Yeah, and he, he got, had that storyteller already running around inside exactly. of him. And it was attracting him to all the literature, all the different stories, all the different Things that Alan definitely did not want him to be a part of because he was supposed to be pretty much this affluent type of young gentleman entrepreneur along the way. But he was very fluent in French. He loved anything about the overseas. Mm -hmm. I still remember the first time I learned anything about Edgar Allan Poe. I actually thought he was a European I didn't realize that he was born in the United States and was living here all this time because he spent so much time in his settings of overseas, either in a French or in other uh, exotic places. It was very odd to figure that out. And it's like, okay. And then I thought Dickens was the opposite. So that was what was still really weird. That is very interesting. <laughs> that is really I interesting. Dickens was the American and not the British guy. That's funny to transpose those two. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you're seventh grade, you really don't think of those things. But it you wasn't don't. until I got in high school that I figured out. And I was like, huh, I wonder why I always get those mixed up. That's interesting. That because, really I mean, is. Think about it, Poe. He was a French speaker. He was very much involved with things that had to do with uh, the Spanish Inquisition, the Spanish flu, the plague. So you would think this oh, yeah. was someone who Pit was... the pendulum, Mask of the Red Death. Exactly. I mean, yes. You'd think All of the things, European things. He hadn't, you know, experienced. Yes. Because usually writers need to write what they know. Absolutely. And unless they make them up as they go, which is, you know, great for sci-fi. <laughs> and kind of funny, you mentioned that, you know, writers should write what they know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think I mentioned this. If I did, sorry, I'm saying it again. Um, I'm re-watching Murder, She Wrote. I watched it when it was on originally, oh, you know, back, back in the day. I know. You can't get enough of Jessica Fletcher. No. And she, on a 
episode not that long ago. I think it was either maybe season four or five. I'm on season seven right now. Uh, somebody asks her, you know, what makes you write the way you do, you know, to be successful and things like that. Mm-hmm. And her words were, you've got to write what you know. Yeah. And that's what Edgar Allan Poe did. Yeah, I mean, on all honesty, that's pretty much all he did know. Yes. Because his life was dark and macabre and the, you know, and he tried. And that's what really hurts my heart the most is he would try to live up to Alan's expectations. Yes. I mean, even being in the military for two years under an assumed name, he actually went to the military under Edgar A. Perry. Yes. Uh, got up to Sergeant Major, mm-hmm. the highest rank and enlist that you can of the uh, artillery. But then he decided after two years, no, he wanted something different. And he went to Alan and he said, look, help me get into West Point. He thought with that influence, that would help bring him a little bit upper in the standing and help him shine better in Alan's eyes. So he went to West Point. That didn't work out. (laughs) And once that didn't work out, he kind of gave up on trying to please Mm -hmm. Alan in fitting into that mold. And that's when... It was like that's when he grew up and decided this is who I'm going to be. Yeah. He stopped trying to impress someone else and started thinking for himself and trying to impress himself. Yes. Because he took the little money that he got when he got dishonorably discharged and published a next this third set of poetry. Yes. Third set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They didn't. I mean, once again, it was either a love-hate relationship. <laughs> yes. I think the students at West Point threw them in the river. Yes. They threw them in the Hudson River yes. because they just called them drivel. Yes. The redundant and all this. And, it was, and they said it wasn't anything like what he wrote while he was there. That's what upset them the most. And I, I know one of the things that they mentioned, too, was the satire was missing. Mm-hmm. Very much so. I mean, and that's one thing we all know and we've all felt is that we've tried to live up to someone else's expectations. And when you fail at that, you feel like a failure. You do. You feel defeated. Mm-hmm. And think of it in Edgar Allan Poe's shoes. He had been defeated so many times since he was a three-year-old and having to live up to someone else's expectations to try to, I guess, you want to think about it, try to get someone else's love. Absolutely. Never knowing that much love after losing Francis, who was the one that wanted him the most. Mm-hmm. So, and then he married Annabelle, or excuse me, not Annabelle. Her name was Virginia. Code name. Yeah, code name. Yes, he named, married his own cousin, Virginia. Yes. I mean, they lived pretty happily ever after mm-hmm. until all of a sudden, <laughs> that didn't work out either. <laughs> well, because even too, um, he was engaged or was hoping to be engaged to Elmira Royster mm-hmm. and his and her father blocked his letters and she ended up marrying somebody else. Yeah. And so this is while he was at the University of Virginia. And so that's another loss right there for him. I mean, he's being blocked every which way from under. And he's trying yes. to do all his best he can. He was going to school. He was trying to learn. He was, you know, got obsessed with shells from, mm-hmm. because of Charles Darwin. We blame that on Charles Darwin. That's okay. <laughs> Lots of but, things are blamed on him. Exactly. Very much so. And then once more, it was another side road. And we could tie this into Robert Frost and, you know, the road less, you know, less traveled. Yes. And it seems like all the roads that he was traveling were already trampled and trampling him down every time he turned around. Okay, I'm starting to rhyme. Sorry. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> hey, hey, that's that's okay. We're, we're, yes. we're, we're, uh, we're 
Poe-esque here. Yeah, I'm doing my own little Poe interpretation yes. of the rum here. <laughs> I'm kicking it up to the mo- you know, modern day school here. So, but yeah, Poe is definitely um, a person that knew what it was to feel tragedy, knew what it was to feel heartache, defeat, failure, many, many times over. I always come back to where he was born in 1809 with many of Charles Darwin was born, but many people don't realize Abraham Lincoln was born in 1809 also. Yes, he was. And one of the favorite things that I remember about the quote from Abraham Lincoln you know, he failed so many times at everything. Yes. And he kept going. He, I mean, it took him forever to finally pass law school. But he never stopped. He would fail and fail and fail and fail until finally once he succeeded. You know, and at first you must fail in order to learn success. You do. And, uh, you know, for Poe, he hit rock bottom several times. And, but he, he really... He kept learning, he kept growing as a person and as a writer, and just kept on and, you know, wanting to live his dream to be a successful writer and earn a living that way, and own his own magazine, Mm -hmm. and he just, he kept trudging on, and it would be very interesting to see what would have come from him if he had not died when he did. Yeah, that would have been extremely interesting to see what would happen after he really matured and mm-hmm. took off with all of his writings and his poetry. But at the same time, could it, the opposite effect have happened? We wouldn't have had what we have now. Very true. Very you know, true. He wouldn't have been the influence like many of the artists in the day. They did not become as popular as they are until after their death. Yes. So it was all posthumously. Yes. And many so. died young as he oh, did. very much. And yeah. Especially in that day and age, the lifespan was, I don't think, more than 50 years at that point. I think that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely he was... He was ahead of his time in certain areas, but very immature up until, unfortunately, closer to his death. And then he lost Virginia not more than a couple of years before he died. Exactly, yes. And so that started influencing a lot, especially one of the favorite poems of mine, which is Annabelle Lee. Yes, it's one um, of my favorites, too. Exactly. And I, we're not going to talk about every single detail no. about Poe's life we'll we'll mix that in later on but just we wanted to really talk about the things that influenced him the most to where he became the writer that he became and so we're gonna give you a little bit of a teaser for next time um, exactly because one of the things about us we are so happy about being fans of Edgar Allan Poe we wanted people to understand that we are coming from that fanatic yes that we are oh, we are and we wanted to bring more fans to Edgar Allan Poe but we needed to put a face to the man to understand he's not just a writer he's not just a poetry you know, he's not one of those. He is more. And one of the things we want to end with, to give you a little teaser about our next episode, which uh, is called Poe Done It. You just figure that one out. You be the detective. Yes. Hint, hint, hint. <laughs> but as we like to end our show, thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening. Poe out! The angels, not half so happy in heaven, 
went envying her and me. Yes, that was the reason, as all men know, in this kingdom by the sea, that the wind came out of the cloud by night, chilling and killing my Annabelle Lee.